Good morning, members, friends, and visitors to Summit View Covenant Church. My name is Kent Wilcox. I'm not a member of the pastoral staff, and I'm not any kind of a paid religious professional. The reason I'm here today is because my friend Kurt Carlson asked me to fill in for him for three weeks while he's on sabbatical. It's kind of like vacation, but somehow better. And uh, one of my remaining marketable skills in life, along with yard work and toilet repair, is the ability to translate the New Testament from the Greek text. So that's what I did for these verses. And I'm going to teach you today what the words mean, what the significance was to the original hearers, and the significance and application and relevance to us today. You probably didn't know that when you came in, but that's what you're going to get. I know you paid $5 to come in, and you're going to get $5 worth of sermon. Not 475, maybe even five and a quarter. My dear friend Kurt pulled a dirty trick on me last week, though. He was supposed to preach through verses, verse 11, and I was supposed to start at verse 12. He got through half. He got up to verse 8, which in the Greek text is in the middle of a sentence. So I'm actually annoyed. I had to rework my whole plan. So here we go. And here's the thing. I'm incredibly nervous right now. Not about speaking to you, because public speaking does not bother me. Here's, here's what happened. I took my Greek stuff with me on vacation to the beach a couple weeks ago, got up early to drink coffee and translate the Greek, and by the time I was done, I told my wife I was stunned. I was, like, intoxicated. I was numb. I learned so much. I'm nervous today because I want to make sure you get it all. And as a flawed vessel of human flesh, I'm terrified that I get it to you and get it right. So that's my problem, not yours. I'll read this to you in English from my New International Version Bible, and then we'll have some fun. Starting in verse 8, Colossians chapter 3. But now you must rid yourselves of all such things as these, anger, rage, malice, slander, and filthy language from your lips. Do not lie to each other, Since you have taken off your old self with its practices and have put on the new self, which is being renewed in knowledge in the image of its creator. I'm skipping verse 11 till next week. You'll find out why. Got to come back next week. Therefore, as God's chosen people, it's Kurt's fault, dude, not mine. Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Bear with each other and forgive whatever grievances you may have against one another. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. And over all these virtues, put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, since as members of one body you were called to peace and be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom. And as you sing psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs with gratitude in your hearts to God. We'll do verse 17 next week also. Come back and you'll find out why. So the first thing I want to do is define some words for you. Last week, Kurt said something that I wrote down. I don't know if you did. He said, in this passage of Colossians, we move from the indicative to the imperative. Those are Greek grammar words, I'll just tell you. Indicative means it's describing something. Imperative is changing the future. 
They're commands. There's a couple of commands in here, and I'll tell you what they are. First of all, renounce the old self. Your Bibles don't translate it that way. Let's take off the old person. Put off the old person. The Greek actually means renounce. So if you're going to deny a loyalty to somebody, like, say, you know, the President of the United States, not that that's a good idea, you would say, I hereby renounce my loyalty to, and then you say that name. All right? Renouncing the old self is saying, old self, goodbye. I'm not loyal to you. I'm leaving your country. See ya. Your NIV Bible, if you have one, says do not lie to each other. Actually, it is stop lying to each other. Stop the practice of lying. It goes along with putting to death the old person, which was a liar. Stop lying to each other. That's kind of the end of the negative stuff in this passage. And then in verse 12, and this is the main verb. I think I noted that in your notes there, if you're keeping score. Here's this verb. Paul says, put new clothes on yourselves. At first blush, when you read that, you might think, oh, this is hypocritical nonsense. You just take a shower and put some new clothes on. That doesn't change the person. Imagine this. I'm really looking forward to seeing the new Pirates of the Caribbean movie. haven't seen it yet. I'm just dying to see this movie. Imagine I'm Johnny Depp, and I put on a pirate costume. What I am is an actor acting like a pirate. That's not any kind of a change. This verb is different. Imagine I were Johnny Depp, I put on a pirate costume, and then I become a pirate. I act like a pirate. I go around looting and burning and pillaging. I'll try not to sing the song, sorry. I'm just dying to sing the song. This figure of speech putting on new clothes is more than faking it. Here's what it means. Take on the characteristics or virtues of someone. So if I were going to ask you to put on some new clothes... If I were Paul, writing to the Colossians, I'd say, you know what? Take on the characteristics and virtues of the person, the God-man I told you about, Jesus Christ. That's the main verb of this passage. There are some other important ones I'll just read to you. Forgive other people. Let peace rule in your heart. Be thankful, people, and let Christ's words dwell in you. Those are all called imperatives. They're commands. Renounce the old self. Stop lying to each other. Put on new clothes. Forgive other people. Let peace rule in your hearts. Be thankful people. And let Christ's words dwell in you. Now, lest you're feeling under the pile that I've just given you a long list of commands to obey, let me explain how this works. You see, it's not my job or Paul's job, to tell you what you ought to do. The commands are not to put a burden on you. These are commands that we can obey. These are instructions we can follow because we're new people. As Kurt said last week, we were dead people. Now we're made alive through Jesus Christ. I struggle with words here. I I, want to use words like normal, but that's weird. That has weird connotations. Natural... I don't know. Again, go back to a person who puts on a set of pirate clothes and then magically becomes a pirate. What do pirates do naturally? So if you put on the clothes of Jesus Christ, 
What do you do naturally? That's what these verbs describe. Please understand, God gives us a choice. You can choose not to do this if you want to. I don't suggest it. If you're interested in being a person who's being transformed into the image of Jesus Christ, here are some sample verbs you can use, commandments that you can apply to your life. If you're not interested in being transformed, then please don't bother. There are some more words. In Greek, they're called participles. They're verbal nouns. They're kind of weird to explain. In English, they often end with ing. Here's the thing. There are a few important verbal nouns. I'll just read them for you. Taking off the old man. Putting on the new man. Being renewed. Being recreated in the image of Christ. Being loved by God. Bearing with each other. Forgiving each other. That's interesting. Forgiving each other is used three times in this passage. The root is a little Greek word about five letters long. It starts with the letter key. It's charis. It means grace or gift. And you can add some other stuff to it and it becomes a verb. In this little passage, the word charis is used five times. What do you think the author, Paul, wants us to get from the fact that he repeats this word five times. One of the main emphases of this passage is grace, giving, forgiving, cutting the other guy a little slack, remaining thankful people, teaching and instructing each other, and finally, singing spiritual songs. All these funny little words in Greek are participles. In English, they end with ing. Here's the point. These words are describing people who put on the new clothes of Jesus. Let me go back to my tired little analogy. If I put on pirate clothes, I become a pirate. What words would you use to describe me that end in ing? Okay? I was watching the air show for free yesterday from my front yard in Hillsboro, watching pilots do their thing. If I put on pilot clothes, how would you describe me? In words that end in ing. Diving, climbing, rolling, looping, Cuban eighting. It's a good maneuver, the Cuban eight. You get the point? All these words with ing are living descriptions of a person who is putting on the clothes of Jesus Christ. Here's a strong implication, my friends. Let me make this clear, get it through your heads. These words talk about a process of change. If you are looking for something in religion or Christianity or church or whatever that's the magic switch to make you a perfect person, forget it. Sorry, that's not the deal that you get. What we get is the promise that if we trust Christ, we are being transformed into his image. Finally, more fun with words, we have some nouns. Yes, remember those from grammar school? Here's some interesting ones at the beginning of this section. Talking about what comes out of your mouth. Anger, wrath, immorality, abusive speech, and the final word there means obscene speech. That's bad language. And then there's lying. A couple of interesting words in verse 12. If you have a King James Bible, it's fun to read. Paul says, put on bowels of compassion. 
We don't use the B word around here, do we? Okay? Innards. Guts. All right? Splankna is the word in Greek. The Greeks believe that right here in the middle was the seat of compassion. We call it heart, because in the Bible we're just not interested in reading the word guts. But that's what it is. Verse 12. In verse 15, there's the word also translated heart. It's cardia, from where we get our word cardiac. The Greeks believe that right up here was the core self. So, the innards are the source of compassion. If you have bad innards, you're a discompassionate person. Paul says in verse 15, to fill your cardia, the core of what you are, with the peace of Christ. Let your core be ruled by the peace of Christ. Wow. What's going on with these body part figures of speech? It's easy, isn't it? The inner person determines what comes out. And that's what Jesus said to the Pharisees. It's not what goes into a man that makes him unclean. It's what comes out. This is the same kind of thing. Then there's a whole series of little verbs. No, uh, sorry, sorry, little nouns. No punctuation, no commas, no nothing. They're just jammed together. Compassion. We would call that mercy or pity. Goodness. This is not being good. What this means is a manifestation of being like Jesus. Not doing good things, not following the rules, but being good as Jesus Christ was good. Humility. You know what that is? That is voluntarily choosing a low place in life. Volunteering to let the other person go first. Gentleness and patience towards other people. The way these words are written make it clear. They're describing an old-fashioned word that we call virtues. That's the deal. And then, a couple more words. The bond of love. That's the same word used to describe big, thick cables used to tie ships together. Isn't that interesting? Talk about Christians putting on the bond of love. What the heck does that look like? Drinking coffee together after church? Think about this. Somewhere in the heavenly places, not in this physical world, we are held together with big, strong cables of love. And Paul said that cable pulls you to perfection. The word in Greek is teleos. It means far away. So you know what? I was talking to the Sunday school teachers today, and I said, Claudine, are you perfect? And she said, no. And I said, are you trying? And she said, yes. And I said, well, when are you going to get there? And she said, well, when we're in heaven. And that's the right answer. Teleos is far away. So as we clothe ourselves with Christ, as we're characterized by new behavior, as we seek the virtues, we get, we get pulled by a big, thick cable to completion. Someday, when we're with God. And finally, more amazing words, and I don't know what to do with these. Andy's got to help me figure this out. I looked them up, and they're there. In our English Bibles, there's psalms, hymns, and songs. A psalm is a song of praise to a person. A hymn is a song of praise to a God. And a song, that's the word odos. Ode is in ode to Billy Joe. An ode is a song you sing in the evening to your God. And it's a time 
of reflecting back on how you have pleased him during the day. In pagan times, people would go to the temples of their gods, Apollo, Zeus, whatever, and sing hymns to a person, sorry, sorry, a psalm to a person, a hymn to their god, and at the end of the day, for evening service, an ode in which they reflected back on how well they did to please their god. And Paul puts in the word spiritual to say, Colossians, you guys used to be dead on the inside. And on the outside, you'd go to the temple of whatever god and you'd sing hymns and psalms and odes. Now that you're alive, you can still sing, but they're spiritual songs to the person of Jesus, who's also God. And it's a time for you to reflect on yourself. I like to end my day with, you know, Metallica. I mean, you know, my classic Christian song is, Jesus is just all right with me. So I just don't know what to do with this. I just told you what it means. Okay, so here's the Kent version. I'm going to write to you my translation of this passage and then tell you what's important. Here you go. But now you also renounce the old things, such as anger, wrath, immorality, abusive and obscene speech that come from your mouths. Stop lying to one another. Keep taking off the old man with his disgraceful deeds and keep putting on the new man who is being renewed into the knowledge according to the image of the one who created him. Skip verse 11. Therefore, clothe yourselves as chosen people of God, holy and beloved. Okay, there's there's no punctuation here. With innards of compassion, outward demonstration of Christ's character, assuming a low station, gentleness and patience toward other people. Being known for, bearing with, and forgiving each other, such that no one can have blame against you. That was one sentence. And just as the Lord forgave you, thus also you. And in addition to all these things, clothe yourself with love, which is the cable that pulls you to completion. And let rule in you the peace of Christ in the center of your inner lives, into which peace you have been called in one body, and be thankful. Let dwell in you abundantly the word of Christ, by the power of which you teach and admonish each other in all wisdom, singing various kinds of spiritual songs in your hearts to God. So what does this mean? Let me give you some things to think about. This is not me telling you what to do. This is me giving you something to think about. First of all, the commandments of God can be obeyed. Jesus said in John 14, 15, he said to his disciples on the last night he was with them, if you love me, you'll obey what I command. This is not a, a, a quid pro quo. You, dis, you do this and I do that. That's, that's not what that is. Don't confuse cause and effect. He said, if you love me, the result is you'll do what I tell you to do. In 1977, I spent the summer in San Diego listening to my drill instructor give me orders. His job was to turn me into him. Thirteen weeks later, I was a United States Marine. Whoever you listen to, you will become like. Wouldn't you like to be transformed into the image of God rather than into the image of your drill instructor? That would be my choice. Commands from Christ can be obeyed. 
Your choice. Obey whoever you want. I suggest obey Jesus. Commands describe the behavior of people who act like Jesus Christ. Next, those other funny words, the verbal nouns, the participles, they describe behavior. Behavior. Ask yourself, when I interview people to work at my company, I ask them, if I talk to your co-workers, how would they describe you to me? And they go, because that's, you know, that's a weird question. Let me ask you this. If I were to talk to a Christian friend of yours, how would they describe you? In words that end in I-N-G. One of our Sunday school teachers today said, I hope people would describe me as giving. Her first name is Angie. Okay? Angie the giving. That's how this works. And I said, okay, what are you going to do about that? And she said, well, uh, I'm going to give. That's how you become the person you want to be, by doing it. And the nouns describe the character of the people like us who are putting on the clothes of Jesus Christ. I hope our character is different from the dead people we once were. Jesus said to his disciples in John 13, A new command I give you, love one another. As I have loved you, so you must love one another. By this all men will know that you are my disciples, if you love one another. Okay, you grammar freaks, you got it all. You got your verbs, you got your participles, you got your nouns. The main verb is putting on new clothes. The words that end in ing describe your behavior. The nouns describe your character. How would you like to be described? Let me finish up by four applications. I think I put them in the bulletin. First of all, notice in the beginning of this section I read, the big focus in the put off section is on words. All right? Abusive speech, obscene speech, angry speech, malicious speech. What comes out of your mouth is determined by what's inside, your innards and your heart. So I'll just ask you, how is your inner health? What's inside you? I don't know, but if I hung around you long enough and listened to you talk, I could take a guess. Do you need a health check? That's just a question. How's your inner health? Blancna, cardia. Secondly, if you want to be known as a giving person, like one of our Sunday school teachers, are you giving? Here are some participles Paul gave us, right? Forgiving, bearing with each other. How are you doing at forgiving? If you want to be indwelt by the words of Christ, are you reading the Bible? See, this is not me telling you you should read the Bible because you're stupid if you don't. I'll just tell you, if you want to be indwelt by the words of Christ, you've got to know what the words are. How thankful were you last week? And here's a nasty question. When you drag your carcass into work tomorrow, how thankful will you be on Monday morning? You know, all of us are supposed to have a financial plan, right? At work, I'm supposed to have a training plan for my people. I don't have a Thanksgiving plan. I don't have a plan right now to transform myself into the image of Christ. How are you doing at doing what you're doing? Number three, here's the thing. This all happens by trusting Jesus Christ that we can do what he asks us to do. The admonition to put off the old and put on the new are commands that we can follow, not by gutting it out, but by trusting Christ. Here's a piece of practical something or other you can take with you to leave. If someone tomorrow says, you know, I know you're a Christian. That's kind of a cool religion. 
you can say something like this. Oh, no. Religion is not what this is. I have a relationship with someone I can trust. How would you like to come to my church? You won't get religion. You'll get the opportunity to hang out with someone you trust. His name is Jesus Christ. In fact, if you're here for the first time today and you don't know Jesus, I hope you don't get a blast of religion in your face. What we want you to get is the opportunity to meet someone you may not know. And you can trust him. And finally, and then I'm done, the final 10%. Here's what I mean. 24 hours from now, you won't remember 90% of what I just said. That's human nature. Here's the 10% I'd like you to remember. Tattoo it on the inside of your eyelids. Take off the old. Put on the new. It is a process of transformation.